sound is right. You know, when someone is here the first time, you struggle to hear, and you struggle to hear if he's an international speaker like me. You can hear the accent um, all the way flown in. No, 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 that's not true. But yes, you will hear. I can't hide my accent. Of um, We've been, as a family, been in Australia for eight years now. So, friends, um, um, can I just have an idea at the back? Are you able to hear me? When I whisper as well, is that fine? Okay. Um, I'm going to start off with a story of myself. Um, but um, before I start with myself, let's start with God. And let's just pray again. It's just a privilege. Dear Father, thank you that we can gather in your name. Thank you for us being able to worship. And now, Father, we can again just open your word. Help us not to open it, but Father, will you, through your Spirit, teach us today, guide us today. Yes, Father, you know us. You know who we are. We know, you know our needs. You know our joys. You know our longings. But Father, here we are. We also know you. And we come to you as your children, as people who want to hear your word. And we are opening your word with respect and in humbleness. Thank you, Lord, that we can do that in your name. Amen. So the story I want to tell is, um, I'm not going to give you all the detail. So if you fall asleep and you remind at the end of the sermon that I didn't answer this, what I'm going to do now, please remind me because I'm going to leave it and if you don't remind me, you won't know what's the answer. At one stage, I was uh, sitting, uh, uh, I was at a church and they wanted me to share something, but I had to sit because I was so weak. I, um, sorry, I didn't mean to get emotional. I was sick. I, was, I, I, I received uh, cancer treatment at that stage. But they wanted me to come and inspire the young people and just give them hope. And one of the questions that the bloke asked me is, why did you buy new golf shoes? Okay, I'm going to leave that with you. I had the privilege living um, in, in, in WA and traveling expensively, uh, extensively in WA. And I remember visiting a remote school I remember the, the words of the principal. These children are without hope. Victor Frankl, Dr. Victor Frankl, was a survivor of Auschwitz and three other concentration camps um, in World War II. He lost his parents, he lost his wife. And I think he also lost his brother. This is what Viktor Frankl said. He said, a prisoner who has lost his faith in the future, his future, was doomed. With his loss of belief in the future, he also lost his spiritual hold. He let himself decline and became a subject to mental and physical decay. And he said, usually when this happens, 
it happens quickly, suddenly. He said, usually it began with the prisoner refusing one morning to get up, to dress, to dress and to wash or to go to the parade ground. He describes it a little bit further and then he says, no requests, no blows, no threats had any effect on him then. He just laid there, hardly moving. There he remained lying and nothing bothered him anymore. Most of us know these experiences as in movies that we've seen about the depersonalization as he worded in World War II. It's so sad. It's so moving when you see it, and some of you might have had parents or grandparents going through similar things or standing on the other side. These tragic events are very sad. I remember our neighbor country in South Africa is Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe had a, a dictator. The people prayed against this dictator. They were suffering. They were needy. They were weary. They were hungry. We prayed in South Africa. It was so difficult for them. I spoke the other day with a prison chaplain in Tasmania. And he said to me, you know, the prison is a place without hope. In this book that we read today, the second book of Isaiah, we find Judah in the desert of Babylon. Dislocated, devastated. The nation is tired. They are weary. They are exhausted. And they complain to God. And some of them, it seems, had even forgotten about God. I read someone said, they were dog dead tired. I don't know if you've seen a dog dead tired dog. Well, for sure, I would have been tired as well. After 70 years asking God and not seeing God anymore and waiting on God and nothing's hap nothing happens. What about you? What makes you tired and weary? And in the midst of this weariness and weakness, what gives you hope? What lifts you up? And when we have hope, what difference does it make? If you're that prisoner, if you're someone in the prison today, if you're an ex-Zimbabwean or you know Zimbabwean friends, you can ask them their stories. What gave them hope? We are tired and weak as well. And I've brought some uh, flowers here. And I was wondering, lovely flowers. You can see they are lovely. Um, I've brought some flowers here. And I thought I would maybe ask Nathaniel if he can help me. No, you can just sit there, Nathaniel. There's a lovely one for Nathaniel. You can see it. Lovely one. And I can give it to Nathaniel. And I said, Nathaniel, can you make this flower back to life so that, oh goodness, there's, sorry Nathaniel, just, just put that one down, there's some more. What can we do? We are like these flowers. And as our scripture reading that we didn't read says, 
We are compared to grass and flowers that withered. So we can't do anything about this. My wife wanted to chuck them away, and I said, don't. I want to use them. And I even phoned a few of you and asked if you've got flowers, but they said no. What about you? Are you also feeling discouraged? And as verse 7 and verse 8 says here, describing us as flowers and grass that withers. Not even a copy coffee. A good copy coffee lifts you up. What about your, your, your dreams that you had as a child? And if you look at them now, you, you think, oh, a few of them realized. Uh, what about the bills you have? Hardly managing to, to, to cover everything you have to cover. And you're tired, you're worried. Or maybe you're still young and your years are passing quickly. And as a young one, you wrote, mainly girls, I'm not referring to anyone, I'll look away so that you don't think I'm talking of you. You wrote in your diary, when I'm older, I'm going to find the right person, I'm going to marry, we're going to have children. And now, if you look at yourself and you look in your diary, it's a different story. Many nights you spend alone by yourself, just struggling. And friends, something we don't always touch on is maybe you're struggling with your mental health. Maybe you're feeling ashamed of your mental health because you're a child of God. Maybe you don't sleep well. Maybe your thinking is so foggy and you struggle. And you might ask, why am I so emotional about this? because I feel for those people. Maybe you're a child of God. You've given your heart to God, a son or a girl of your, your own child. And now, the faith that he had is something of the past. Doubt is real. God not. And you see the fear in your child. You see the worries in your child. You see the anxiety. You see the temptations in your child. The habits that he or she stumbles over and makes them fall. I've mentioned a few to you today. Maybe I haven't mentioned the thing that makes you weary and tired. That's why I've got a chair here, and I want to invite you to come to this chair. Sorry, I said it wrong. Please stay where you are. I'm inviting you imaginatively to come and sit on this chair with the thing that makes you weary and tired. With that thing that you carry with you. 
I don't want to name it because I don't know it, but you know it. You know how it feels like. You know how it feels to be weary and tired. And you know how it feels to stumble and fall over all kind of things, being discouraged. You're not alone. You are not alone. That's exactly where the Israelite, the people in this chapter, in 39 chapters before, that's where they are. That's where they were. Discouraged, weak, tired, and down. They've been dragged away from their homeland and forced to live in a far-off desert country in Babylon. Far from their temple, far from their comfort, far from their promised land. Far from their food, far from their language, far from everything that was familiar to them. And they were working as cheap laborers. And after all these many years, all they could do was still complaining. Lord, you aren't hearing us. Lord, you don't see us. I want to take you back to the scripture and, and read from verse 27. Verse 27 helps us to see something of their thinking, their behavior, and their customs that have changed over these 70 years. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. You heard it? Did you hear it? So, Isaiah is, is showing that they were complaining and, and their situation was tiring and they were in despair and they felt that God abandoned them. The privilege we have is the word of God and I want you to take us back and read this whole scripture reading again. And I, I'm, I'm going to challenge you with something else. Listen to what you hear when we read this again. Listen what stands out to you. So um, I'm taking you to verse 25, and we're going to read from verse 25 up to verse 31. To whom will I compare me? Oh, sorry. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these things? Who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name? Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My course is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Haven't you heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary 
and increases the power of the weak. Even the youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. What did you hear? Did you hear the disencouragement? Or did you pick up, did you hear the one word that will turn discouragement in, around? The word that Isaiah used in this message today to lift them up, to give them courage, to look up to God who carries them and gives them hope. This is where God stepped in. For 39 chapters, they were moaning and groaning and complaining, and all you read, and if you read it, you will see judgment on judgment on judgment. And suddenly there's a bit of a change. God is giving and showing something to them who He is. Let's go to verse 29 to verse 31. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. When youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. God does not tire to be God, the one who gives strength to the weak. If we go a little bit further, if God is the one who gives strength to the weak, He is the one who renews and who gives hope. This is what Isaiah says. The Lord is the one who strengthens, but also renews and gives hope. Our hope is not on those who rule and make the laws of the country. Our hope is not on the great things we do as a nation. Hope is not Hope's origin is not wishful thinking and blind optimism or dreams. The hope that we hear, that we find here, is different. It is superficially and it's unrealistic. It most, most likely looks like madness. How can you, after all these years, Suddenly look up to God and God says, I am the one who will give you strength. I am the one who will renew you and give you hope. Hope is not a cheap escape into religion. It is not just a cheap fallback on God. Hope looks at the realities around us but has an open reality to God who is real. When we speak about hope, hope is not a dream. It's not just wishful thinking. It's not just being positive. Hope settles, seated, is seated in God. 
the word hope as we find it there in verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. The word hope is translated um, in this translation we have, in different translations, it's translated as wait. So you will find when you read different translations, the word there is wait on the Lord. Or the same word, hope in the Lord. So if we put it together, we would say this phrase would mean hopeful waiting on the Lord to act. By putting your hope in God, you will receive new strength. Now again, let's just go back to this chair. You know what you will bring to this chair. You know which are those areas that you need God to, to come in a godly way with his comfort, with his love, with who he is, just to do something. Hope is not what we see in the world views. It's not that we find in many other religions. As Christians, we have an answer based on a historical event. So the hope that we find here, the Christian message of hope, is not something what you need to do. The message of the Christian hope is something what God has done in Jesus Christ, in a historical moment. So if this is the historic line, where you are sitting, where's the future? Where's the beginning? Can you indicate me which side of my two arms is the, the end, the future? Left, right. You're, just indicate because that side. So the future is there. So say here you are like on a little car and this is your faith. You're going somewhere and there's no future. There's no end. Why do you have faith? Because there's no end. You will just keep on going. Someone indicated it like this. There's an event where God says, the Christian hope is settled in what Jesus has done. Jesus has been crucified and resurrected. And because he's resurrected, because he's alive, there is a point where we're going to meet him in the future. And that's what our next text says. The scripture in the New Testament says, in, in, in 1 Peter 1 verse 3, who helps us to capture it a little bit better. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now, that's not just confessing that Jesus is the one. That's giving us hope that somewhere in the future, on this line, historical line, there is going to be a meeting with God where God's coming to us and there is hope, there is an ending. It's not, oh, it's going to end. It's going to, everything's going to change. This Christian message of hope is everything's going to change. Your body's going to change. 
The world's going to change. It's not just renewing it. It's recreating it, being with God. Now you might say, yeah, that's nice. But if that's in the future, I'm living in 2021. 2021. If the hope is just in the future, we need to get our strength from what God says in the future into the present. It's not just an utopia. Someday we'll be there and it will be happy and it will be nice and it will be good. Yes, it will. But the Bible wants us to not just live for that moment, but live and bring that living hope into today. That living hope needs to give us courage today and strengthen us today. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, there's a certainty, there's a living hope, and that living hope is the Christian message. You would say, okay, yes, that's nice. But you don't know me. You don't know what happened with me. You don't know on what things I stumble. God knows. And this living hope that we have in Christ and in, in God is a renewing hope as well. No matter how your life looks, no matter what you happen, what happened with you, God, the living God, is able to change that. And that change, yes, there's a future where everything will be right, but that change is real now because it's a living hope because of the resurrection of Jesus. The strength we have is that Yes, we can't do anything about these flowers. We are like them, but God does. And in this whole scripture reading, you will see if you read from verse 1, way back all the way, you can see the comparison with people. People are like this. Young people are like this. They stumble and they fall. If the wind blows over it, they fall. But if God breathes life in it, strengthen them, he lifts them up, and they are stronger. They, love, they, they live, they've got hope. God cares, and God is the one who can lift the weak and the weary. We can trust and hope in God because God cares. Therefore, if God cares, I can sing a song. Maybe you remember this song. My hope is in you, Lord. My strength is in you, Lord. In you, it's in you. Hope is not in the ordinary things. Hope is and stay in God. Oh, that's a lot, eh? Are you still with me? There's better news. We've just touched on it. Look at the, the next verse now. I, I, I thought I will be cold. I'm always cold. Uh, um, can you just pass my jacket? Because there's something in my jacket that I want to use. My, yeah, thank you. So the next point where we are, we are at point three. Um, 
So there's something in here. I hope it's in here. Oh, not that one. Thank you. God is able to supply or strengthen us because he never grows tired and weary. He is the everlasting God. So they thought God will be tired. He doesn't listen. Now I've, I've brought something here. Remember what we said, point three. God is able to supply our strength because he never grows tired or weary. Now, I didn't know the name of this thing I have here, but um, it's a gift from my children, and I've used it. It works. I think it's called a flint. So, um, um, if, I, I, you know, someone who's in health and safety won't like me now, but uh, it makes sparks. And with these sparks, can you see it? The children would like it. Oh, no, oh, I haven't done it for a while. Oh, there's a good one. But I'll stop, otherwise, you know, we'll get in trouble. In chapter 40, chapter 40 starts with sparks of hope. 39 chapters. They were struggling and they were under the judgment of God. Look what chapter 40 starts with. This is a major change. It's God taking the initiative. It's God um, showing them big sparks of a lot of hope. No judgment. Listen to these words of God. Listen to what he says in verse 1. Comfort. Comfort my people, says your God. Verse 2. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. This is amazing, amazing word from God. Comfort my people. Let's go back to your chair. This is amazing good news. For you who are weary and tired with the thing you carry with you, God says, comfort my people. This announcement is to encourage the people that God does hear, that God is there, and he wants to help, and that they can stop with their moaning and their groaning. Now, if we had time um, to finish off at about three today, that's what I said we are finishing off at three. Um, there's a break, I think. In, no, okay, sorry, let's focus. Uh, if we had time to go through the whole of chapter 40, I just quickly want to show you some other um, characteristics that shows that God can supply because of who he is. So the first one that I want to mention there, I'm not, and I'll, 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 I'll mention a few and I'll show you where they are. God wants to show compassion. That's the first one we've just shared. If you look in verse 12 and through other places, you'll see he is the creator. He is the one who measured the waters, held the dust of the earth in his hands, who weighed the mountains. 
goodness, this is a great one. I haven't heard this one for a long time. I've heard that God is the creator, and now he describes it, the dust. Wow, that's small. I know it irritates us cleaning our houses, but God even deals with the dust. So if you think what worries you is too small for God, oh, that's, God won't worry about... If God worries about dust, and He worries about mountains, He's the Creator God, the everlasting God. That's amazing. God above earthly rulers. That's in verse 15 and verse 23. Maybe you want to put some names there. Uh, sorry, no, we'll stay with the Bible. Um, God is above the earthly rulers. He is the ruler. He's the Savior. And then in, in verse 25, do you pick up in verse 25? He is incomparable. This is the God that we serve. God steps in and free His people. We also see God is involved with His people before and after a disaster, being the exile. There's also a lovely part there that we know so well. God is the shepherd for His people. You can read that, I think it's in verse 11, from verse 11, where He gathers His lambs and He wants to carry them um, in his arms, and then just listening to this whole description of who the everlasting God is, God is majestic and inexhaustible. That's why God can and wants to strengthen us, because he can deliver. He has enough as God who he is to supply us he never grows tired and weary. He is the everlasting God, the Creator God. Now, in comparison to the Babylonian gods who did get tired, so they were familiar in this new country that the Babylonian gods won't answer them because they're tired. They fall asleep. And now Isaiah says... No, that's just playing God. The real God doesn't get weary. Isaiah says, lift your eyes up. Look up. Who created all these things? Who is the God who was involved with all these magnificent things he created? And he's inexhaustible. Do you want to compare it to these wooden crafts you make or these metal work you've made? Go and look in verse 19, how he describes the idols. Verse 28 says, He is the one who does not grow weary and tired. He is sovereign. He is the one who gives the weak and the weary power. Now, I want to say something to our young people. Did you hear this scripture reading? Did you pick up that Isaiah has a word for young people here? It's in verse 30 and verse 31. Let's just read that again. Even youths grow tired and weary, 
and young men stumble and fall. Oh, you've got a lot of temptations as young people today, as boys and as girls. And those things tire you as well. Those things you don't want to mention to mom and dad. You don't even mention it to some of your friends. Maybe you heard that I said that sometimes you give in to some of those temptations or bad habits and you stumble and you fall and guess where you are? You're on this chair. Can I tell you, Isaiah says, hear what he says. For you as young people, God is aware that young people and young men will fall and stumble. But God says, I'm there. I'm there to help you up, to lift you up. I remember I was teaching at, uh, at a church after church and uh, I was teaching in a class. Uh, we were doing some biblical teaching and um, outside a lot of kids were playing and uh, I couldn't see them. I was on the second story. And suddenly there was this loud cry, like in, you could hear that that was painful. And I stopped. Why would I stop if someone is crying out there? No one else in the room stopped. Why would I stop? Because I couldn't see, but I knew the little voice out there was my own son. His mom could go to him and pick him up, and he had a badly bruised, um, um, bad fall on cement. What about God? who's a mighty, loving, kind God who wants to carry his sheep, who wants to carry his children, who wants to lift up his children and wants his children to know that he will comfort you and that he will strengthen you. This is who God is. He's the one who wants to pick you up when you stumble. He's the one who wants to show you mercy. He's the one who wants to lift you up. And this brings us to the well-known part of this text. Verse 31. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk, not faint. Do you know eagles don't fly? They soar. I don't know if you've ever had that experience. I was in a plane. What do you call those planes that haven't got an engine? What's again? Oh, that one. <laughs> it's amazing. And this is what the eagle does. He just looks out. For, for the wind, for the air currents, and he follows them, and he just goes with them. Imagine you're sitting in a big Boeing and looking out at the window, and you suddenly see this Boeing's um, uh, wings flapping. Imagine that. Oh, goodness, you're in big trouble. The hope we have is not flapping our wings 
it is soaring on God's breath and putting our hope in him like the winds that lifts up eagles. The power wind of God is his spirit who will lift you up. Oh, we are so silly, silly, silly. We try to flap and do so many things ourselves. And then we give up like... (laughs) Sorry, that was for the kids. (laughs) Did you pick up in all of this reading, and I I, want to challenge you to go and look at it at home. There's only about one verse that speaks about the fact of the problems of the people in Isaiah. But there's about 30 verses talking about God. It's not neglecting your problems. The challenge is, do you compare your problems in the face of God, who God is? We've said a lot of things about God. You are on this chair. Are you looking to your problem and you're facing the problem or are you facing God with your problem? Israel's problem was nations who took them captive and caused them a lot of trouble and hardship. The problems you may face might be people. It might be a handicap. It might be fear. It might be a sinful habit. Maybe it's a disease or something else. Isaiah says, compare God's compassion and his infinite power and weigh your problem with God's compassion and care. Yes, sometimes it seems like dust, but this almighty God is able and willing and wanting to care about that. Hear it, the powerful, living, everlasting God who we serve. He is trustworthy even with our problems and our struggles. Therefore, we can live as people with hope. There was an American preacher, writer, and he said the following, you can live without food for about 40 days. You can live about three days without water and about eight seconds without oxygen, but only a few seconds totally without hope. Yes, Our concentration on food and water and oxygen makes us forget the discouragement and the hopelessness can be life-threatening. And an old man understands this. If you want to live in hope and you want to live with renewed hope, this is the challenge for us. It's not just hearing this hope, but to live with this hope. An old man understood it quite well. And the story goes about this old man that heard that the monsoon rain is coming. And he started digging um, a lot of holes to plant um, mango trees. And his neighbor said, Hey, old fellow, why are you digging and planting all those trees? 
He said, well, I'm going to plant some mangoes. Excuse me, said the neighbor. You aren't being able to even have some of those mangoes. You'll be too... No, of course not. I won't have... I won't be able to eat them. And he said, but I have the hope that other people will eat these mangoes. I have realized that all my life I've eaten mangoes that other people have planted. That's not too late to show my gratitude to them. That's why I want to plant some fruit trees. We need to live in hope and that will give us encouragement and strength on a daily basis. When um, you've, you've um, seen me get emotional, but if you sit with someone, a parent whose child has been sexually abused, how do you give them hope? If you sit with someone who's divorced, how do you give them hope? If you sit with a teenager who's gone through his or her first love that didn't work, failure, how do you give them hope? When you see a teenager who stumble and fall and are weary and tired, how do you give them hope? Where do you plant mango trees? If you live in hope, you have to give hope. If you live in hope, you have to sow hope. And if we hear those people, some of those stories that I just said there, we need to tremble softly, tread softly, be gentle, be kind. Don't go to chapters 1 to 39 in Isaiah. No judgment. We need to hold on to God. Isaiah 40, 31 says, we see that their strength will be renewed. Can you sow that renewed hope in people, in their weariness, in their struggle? Dami M is a singer, songwriter, and I recently listened to her on the radio while I was driving. And uh, she wrote a new song, and you might have heard the new song, Prayer. And on this song, uh, they asked her on the radio, why did you write the song? She said, in COVID time, it was such a dark time. And I wanted to give people hope. And I realized in my own life what I do to get hope. I prayed more, and I dig deeper and deeper into my own faith. While I was preparing for the service, there were so many places that hope just bounced into my face. We are so familiar with love and how we need to love and forgive, but we need hope. We need to grow in His hope. We need to sow hope in lives. In this week, I also listened to FM 106.5, Hope for Hobart. Wonderful. 
donate and give hope. The church close to where I work, when I drove in there, I suddenly see after I've driven there for a year, here you can find hope. I listened to another song where, where, where someone sang, and all I have is my empty hands filled with hope. There's also gifts for hope for open doors now. This is my challenge for you. If God is strengthening you and lifting you up, or if you're not on this chair and you are so thankful, so hope, dig that holes, plant trees, and give the fruit. Isn't it us that must say, Lord, see my empty hands, fill them with your hope. And Lord, my empty hands reminds me of your full hands when I stumble and when I fall, when I'm weak and when I'm weary. You will raise me up. Isaiah 40 reminds us to know God and to remember who he is. His hands are never empty. Wait in hope on him. He's not too tired to help. His hands are not empty. Hold on to God because hope in him is trustworthy. And therefore we might conclude singing this song. My hope is in you, Lord. My strength is in you, Lord. In you, it's in you, it's in you. Maybe you know it. Maybe I, I don't know where I got the song. It just came out. But I know it's a song. Friends, may the Lord bless you and may you be encouraged and may you be hopeful, not just for today, not just for one day, but daily. Bless you all. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you that we could just walk through one chapter and a lot of stories. Father, thank you that you are the God eternal, loving, kind, creator, the one who wants to renew us and does that. Thank you, Lord. Our Lord, if we are tired, help us to look up to you. Father, and if you've spoken to us today, and we need to do something, give us the courage to do that. We ask this in your wonderful name. Amen. Shoes. What was that again? Okay, the golf shoes. Uh, so I was ill, I had cancer. Um, and I was really weak, so I had to sit at the table and all the questions they wanted to ask me, and they asked me, why did you buy new golf shoes? My answer was, because I want to wear them. And I want to play golf again. Here I am, I haven't played golf in Tasmania, um, but I have played golf, and I did buy a next pair and a next pair, and by the grace of God, um, here I am. Thank you. Thank you.
instead. fitting way to finish our time together uh, these words from 2 Thessalonians so then brothers and sisters stand firm and hold fast to the teachings we passed on to you whether by word of mouth or by letter 
May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Amen. Please stick around and have a cup of tea and yeah, let's encourage each other in that living hope that we have. Thanks. Thank you.